We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We all have this identity that we are operating from right now. And it, it's this thing that's there, it's present, but most people think like, oh, it's this spiritual woo-woo thing. Like, no, it's how you show up every day. It's the actions that you take subconsciously. In fact, I tell people your identity is who you are when you aren't thinking about who you are. You're just in flow, right? And that flow creates the relationship, creates the business, creates the joy, the whatever, the sadness, whatever it is. Welcome to the Coachable Podcast. Around here, we believe that life is the ultimate training ground for finding out what you are truly made of. I'm your host, Tori Gordon, high performance coach and breathwork facilitator. And each week I share intimate conversations and inspirational stories from some of the world's most successful people. It's time to stop standing on the sidelines of your life and get your head and your heart back in the game. So take a seat, grab a pen, because you're gonna wanna take notes as I pull back the curtain on the tools, resources, and inspiration that you need to unlock your inner champion. What's up, you guys? Welcome back to the Coachable Podcast. Thank you for being here, and I'm so excited to have Anthony Trucks in the house this week. He is so incredible, inspirational, and somebody that I have absolutely loved getting to know over the last several months. He is a foster kid turned NFL athlete and serial entrepreneur, and he has the serious superpower of being able to make shift happen in his life and teach you how to make shift happen in yours. Really, no matter what, by accessing the power of your identity and shifting that, up-leveling that, and upgrading the identity so that it can help you to achieve everything you want in your life. He has overcome over 30 plus traumatic events and he's navigated those identity shifts every single time as it followed. And he is now known as one of the industry's leading professional development coaches and speakers. And he is an expert in shifting, which is making the internal shift to elevate how you operate externally. And that turns into changing your life for the better. His unique coaching system is called the shift method. We get into it on this podcast and help you understand the steps you have to take to start to really get clear on who you are. Asking that fundamental question, who am I, so that I can know what I want and then I can start to get what I want. Because ultimately, we can't get to where we want to be if we are not so clear about where we're starting from. And that takes courage because it requires you to be honest about 
that starting point and where you are today. And maybe that's not a comfortable place to be. But Anthony talks to us about his own story and how he was able to find the courage to look himself in the mirror and all the things that shifted because of that. So without further ado, welcome Mr. Anthony Trucks. So glad to have him on the show. Anthony Trucks, welcome to the Coachable Podcast. Thank you so much for being on. I appreciate on. Really it. I wish I was you. actually in the building. It'd be cool just to hang out as a human. I, I miss humanity. Well, I'm just really glad to have connected with you in general because it's funny how you know the universe and life will kind of guide you in different directions and how we got connected through another friend of mine who had had you on his podcast and had a had built a relationship with you. And as soon as you and I got on our initial call, there was a resonance with your story and what you do and how you show up in the world. And I just am a fan. I'm a fan of you as a person. But I'm sure that being a ex-NFL player, you've had a lot of fans in your life. But tell this audience a little about who you are, your story, and how you've gone from being a foster kid to killing it in the NFL to now being a coach, a speaker, and doing what you do with the shift method, which is what you're really all about. Yeah, yeah. Let's go back, back in the time. Yes, yeah, if you ask me who I am, it's interesting. As, as human beings, we will give you a collection of things we've done or that we can attach ourselves to. So I am I'm a man of faith. I am a husband. I'm a father. I'm a coach. And then professionally, I'm a speaker. I'm an author. I love to share, I don't know, whatever I got in me out. Like I'm a guy that's really good at getting things out. But I got a lot in me. I got a lot of joy. It didn't come in the beginning, though. So we'll go back to where I guess you want to start. But I was given away into foster care at three years old. So my my first memories of life are my real mom, my biological mom, not wanting me or my siblings and kind of shipping us all off to this really heinous foster care system, which it starved us, tortured us, beat us, abused us, like a whole lot of weird, heinous things. Just some, I think some distraught people, we'll call it. And just through childhood developmental years, not feeling loved or like I had a place to to call home or having stability. In fact, I would think my normalcy was instability. If that makes sense. It was very odd. Mm-hmm. And I eventually landed in a family. It's my family now. The unique dynamic is I grew up as the only black kid in a really poor all white family. So I have a I have a dumb joke where I tell people I grew up poor white trash. Like it's just a, it's a stupid <laughs> joke. If you're looking at me on camera, you'll understand the joke. If not, I'm a black man, by the way. But then I just I grew up through dynamics of figuring out like who I am and uh, I mean, we had a long journey of, you know, tr- first finally being adopted at 14 for the first time, knowing I have this place I can call home and that I'm not going anywhere. Try my hand at something new called football. Horrible at because when you try something new, no matter what it is, you, the trombone, you know, making paper airplanes, you're not very good at it at first. And most people are met with the emotional pain of it. And it's like they don't want to subject themselves to it again. So we find good excuses to walk away. I did, but then in a roundabout way, had this thing that sparked a, an interest to be great at something. And I chose football again and found a way to become the human internally through some interesting actions to, to succeed at that. Ended up getting a football scholarship, went up to college. There's a lot here, Tori. I don't know how deep we're going to go. We can go as far as you want. I could talk for like the next hour, but, uh, but had a whole long journey, man. I've had a lot of ups and downs in life of, of navigating the pitfalls because even college was great. But then I had a kid at six, at 19 years old, like six, I want to say six, seven months into my like freshman year, my wife, actually my fiance at the time moves up from high school. She's my high school sweetheart, moves up to where I'm at and we go to school together. And she was like a a 4.1 GPA in high school. She was already going to college and her family was like, go up there, but just don't get pregnant. And six months later, we were pregnant. And and I've always loved being a dad, though. That's a crazy thing. I've never at any point in time been like, I don't want to be a dad. I love it. My guy is going to college next year, man. It's so weird. 
But man, I had a kid, met my real dad on my first mm -hmm. collegiate start. And a couple of years later, I was blessed to have an opportunity to play in the NFL. NFL stands for not for long. So a lot of ups and downs in that. <laughs> but got in, tore my shoulder my third year, came home, had a massive identity crisis. Had two more kids with my my then you know wife and you know mother of my first son. And then roundabout way, life starts falling apart when you fall apart. And post-football, I had a massive crisis of my identity. Who am I? Where do I fit? Sort of find myself again. And I, I end up, you know, having the whole family fall apart. So I'm now divorced. I got, you know, I'm a bad dad because I'm not present there. The business is doing poorly. I don't have the confidence of a football player. I'm out of shape, everything. And went to a fog for a few years. Unfortunately, my adoptive mom passed from multiple sclerosis after 17 years. And it kind of sort of pushed me in the direction of doing better with my life. But unfortunately, it didn't actually get me to. It's weird. We always think we have to have these catalyst moments that change the world. And, and that was a moment. My mom passed away. I was very distraught. It was one of those moments where it's like, man, this woman helped me not become a statistic. If you look at any mm -hmm. prison in America, 75% of the inmates are former foster kids like me. So it wasn't set up to do well, but she loved me out of that, that situation. And she passed. And I was like, man, I'm not living life the way I really should be. And it got to a point where I made a promise, too, to her. One was I'm going to get my life right, too, when I do. I'm going to give back to the world in the way you gave to me. And unfortunately, it took a couple more years and a longer fog of just going through the motions to finally wake up one day on New Year's Eve. I'll be honest with you guys. Like I woke up next to this, you know, this strange woman that I met from Russia and flown out. And it sounds like, oh, yeah, I hated myself. Like I went and looked mm -hmm. in the mirror, had like a really a deep depth of shame for the man that I'd become. Would never want my daughter to be with a guy like me. Would never want my boys to be like me would absolutely like mom would not be okay with this and my god would let me to heaven that was the moment that overwhelming shame was the moment that had me kind of look back at who i was and how i was involved in all my life's problems and fast forward 10 months and i remarried my ex-wife after three years have an amazing marriage i got a great family my kids have a present father i i made good on promise one and then i got to do cool things in the world now so I went out and found a way to, to like get on TV shows like like American Ninja Warrior. And I've been on like Mental Samurai and National Geographic Remote Survival. A bunch of weird things. I do a bunch of weird stuff in the world. Mm -hmm. But at this point, like I want to find a way to myself, what I call is makeshift happen. Do some cool things. But then at the same time, have other people learn how to do the exact same thing for themselves. So that's my, uh, my short, longer than I expected wow. explanation of kind of who I am. What a story. I mean, it's not like you couldn't write a book or anything and package this all up and tell people about your life because there's so much in just one piece of that that I know everybody listening can relate to. And whether it's looking at yourself in the mirror and not liking who you see, growing up in a situation, you know, that the cards were stacked against you, making decisions you weren't proud of, you know, looking at your life and the pieces of it and being like, how does this fit? And where do I fit into this? Who am I in the midst of what the world tells me I am? I so resonate with that, that hunger to understand myself and have asked that, I think, really important, critical question, who am I? And to your point, it requires us most of the time, the way we answer that is with all of our labels, you know? All of our labels, dad, football player, foster kid, whatever, and the meaning that gets attached to that and the meaning that gets attached to that and that becomes who we are. What's the process in, from your perspective and the way you started to detangle kind of this web of self to really see what are the pieces and parts of me that make up Anthony 
and how does somebody deconstruct the idea of themselves to rebuild a new one that is aligned with the person that they really want to be? I think most people should ask me that question. Not everybody does ask that question because most people want to go like, how'd you do it? But the mm-hmm. deeper question is like, what, what's involved with it, right? There's, if you listen or you read Singer's Untethered Soul, he'll tell you that you are the watcher of who you are. You know, it's, it's an interesting dynamic, but it's the truth though. Like you're that, but if you want to put together the, the you know, what comprises the identity you choose to show up to the world, there are segments and I call it like your, your zone identity. And I'll say it zone because it's more aspirational. It's essentially, we all have this identity that we are operating from right now. And it, it's this thing that's there, it's present, but most people think like, oh, it's this spiritual woo-woo thing. Like, no, it's how you show up every day. It's, it's literally, it's the actions that you take subconsciously. In fact, I tell people your identity is who you are when you aren't thinking about who you are. You're just in flow, right? And that flow creates the relationship, creates the business, creates the joy, the, the whatever, the sadness, whatever it is. Now, what comprises that are actually like, for the most part, six segments. And in the middle of, we'll call it a Venn diagram is where we'll look at this. Those, there's three bigger bubbles and three overlapping aspects. So the first one, we'll talk about the top one's beliefs, which are the beliefs that you carry. We all have beliefs. We may not believe we have beliefs, but we got beliefs, right? Mm-hmm. What's right, what's wrong, what we value, what our principles are, which are actually different things. You know, whether or not, you know, men should walk 10 steps behind their husbands or whether or not women are as powerful as men. Like these are different beliefs and thoughts, right? Mm-hmm. And so the, the anchoring there is we all have these beliefs and a certain identity you have has those. It's the first piece. This next piece, the big bubble is what's called thoughts which are the conscious and subconscious ones we have. Subconscious, obviously, it can be programmed by affirmations or like just the world we see, but it, it's that gut we have. Like, I don't know, this feels funny. Like, that's a subconscious thought that's poking at the conscious saying, hey, there's something going on because I've got all this mm-hmm. detailed information your conscious isn't thinking about right now, right? But there are thoughts. And, and what ends up happening is there's a, an overlap between beliefs and thoughts. And so let's say I believe something is great and grand and doable, but my thoughts are in opposition. I believe I should mm-hmm. start a podcast. Should you, Anthony, though? Are you capable? Will anybody listen to you, right? The overlap there is your mindset. I find that, like, in my opinion, mindset is an amazing thing. Don't be wrong. But it's kind of the thing in motion. Your mindset shows up in the motion, right? What am I doing? How am I doing things? And so if your beliefs and thoughts are in line, great mindset. If I believe I'm supposed to do it and I tell myself, you got this, like, I go do it. Strong mindset. Look at me. I'm a powerful athlete, right? That's the mindset strong. But a lot of people, that one of the two of those is in opposition somewhere. The third big bubble on the left side, we'll call if you want to look at visually, I'm looking at it, beliefs on the top, bottom right's thoughts, left is bottom left is actions. It's the actions. The actions are different from habits, however. Actions are those big things that you do that like, you're like, I don't want to, I need to jump off the cliff. You know, it's when you decide to really push play or record on that video or push post on the, on the thing you want to do. Like that's the big action, right? And there are certain identities that, that take the actions that other people go, how in the world do you do that? Like, what do you, are you crazy? You just leave your corporate job to actually go and start coaching people toward kind of who does that, right? It's a big action. Mm -hmm. And that's one thing that a lot of people don't realize that there's certain actions we take that in a moment, I'll talk about the piece of why, but we'll take that actually move the needle for us in between thoughts and actions are your actual habits. The things that you do consist on a daily basis, which is a thought I put behind, you know what? Every day I should probably eat healthier. If I want to have a better body, right? That's an action I take from a thought. Those are the habits we develop. Those are good. We're good. If they aren't, we struggle. Then you have the last piece, which is between beliefs and actions, which I personally believe is one of the most important ones because it's, it's how we show for ourselves each day is pride, like ego in a positive way, but pride. If I believe I'm supposed to do something and I take the action, 
ah, I feel good about myself. However, if I believe I'm supposed to do it and I don't, I'm like, you suck. What are you doing? Yeah. Right. And that pride's a big piece because when it comes to me showing up for a life that I, I'm living right now, I have to feel like I deserve it. And if I, if I, if you look at people that we love, like we will show up for people we love no matter what. I'll take a bullet for my family, quite literally, anybody in it, right? And so it's because I have this depth of love and, and care. And so if I, if I look at the way that I see people nowadays work, they don't have that love. And so what they do is they don't show up for a person they don't love. So they don't show up for themselves. And that comes because they lack pride to an extent. So the belief, I'm supposed to do it, lack the action. I feel horrible. I feel stupid. Therefore, I don't, I don't show up and love on myself. So I say bad things in myself. I, I eat bad things. I don't train. I don't, I don't go out into the world and do great things. And all of a sudden, I wonder, why don't I have this great confidence and pride? Well, you haven't taken the actions to develop a pride so you can develop a love for yourself. And so yeah. for me, like that's a big, big piece of the whole pie, I believe. And, and what happens when you do this and you put it in the right order, essentially, or just put it into your life where you have belief in a very high belief of what you believe to be right. You have anchored thoughts. You're taking the big, powerful actions. You got really great mindset. Your habits are dialed in and you got that personal pride. You go out into the world and you're in the zone. And mm -hmm. if you've played sports or you've ever heard about sports or anything, that zones, that space where like the world drowns a while, like it just floats away and I'm impenetrable. I'm confident. I, everything seems to get done ahead of schedule. I'm in joy. I'm happy. Like the world just seems to be like this thing that I understand right now, you know, and I have control mm -hmm. of that's a place that, that I, I didn't live all the time. I know what it's like to be out of it. But like when I got back into it, I was like, man, if I can, if I could do anything in life, it'd be to help people get back to this spot. But that's what comprises your identity. You, you float around in that bubble of, you know, all those collective pieces melded into one interesting person that is you. Because anything that you can describe will float into there. Whether it's I'm a yeah. father, I'm a mother, I'm a, I'm a son, preacher, cousin, coach. It's all comprised of the beliefs you have, the thoughts, the mindset, the pride you have, the actions and the habits you have. Yeah. I mean, you hit on so many important points there. And one that sticks out is like starting at the, that beginning piece with beliefs. It's if I believe I can or I can, I'm right either way. Right. And that's going to inform the actions that I take and the feelings I feel about myself and whether I'm capable or whether I, I go for it, whether I press the the record button, whether I post the thing, whether I try out for the team, right? And so our life and the results in our life, in my experience, has been a byproduct of the beliefs and the thoughts and the feelings and the actions that I take consistently. And that makes up kind of this, this personality, which a lot of us grew up thinking, oh, like, I'm outgoing or I'm not, I'm an introvert, I'm whatever. And we thought that as fixed and something that was, you know, given to us birth and it's just what we're learning and science is showing us is the brain is malleable and that it's actually over time that can be changed and the personality we think is us is actually just practiced and really now it's habitual and to your point subconscious you know and i think about when i think about identity i think about um when I've asked myself, like, who am I? And the f I've made, you know, lists of my labels and all of that because I had a similar situation to you where there was a, you know, several different cross point, like crossroads in my life where I had the opportunity to look at myself and, and make some changes and I avoided or I distracted myself. And then there was other moments where I really couldn't and not face a lot of the things that I'd been running from. And when I 
asked the important questions about what is what's really important to me, what matters to me, who am I, what what do I like? It was actually after a relationship ended for me and I realized how entangled who I was had been in that relationship. I didn't know who I was apart from that relationship and that person and so I had to totally get to know myself again. And I started to ask the question, who am I? Because I really don't think, I had a teacher that told me, you can't know what you want and you can't know how to get what you want until you know who you are, who you really are not who you think you are, who you've been acting as, who the world's told you that you are. And I, so I went further back and I was like, okay, if I'm not my body, because I realized after losing several people in my life that I was so much more than a body, I'm not my thoughts. Again, to singer and then tell soul, I'm the one that observes the thoughts. I'm not my thoughts. I'm not my body. What am I? Okay, well, I'm Tori. Well, no, Tori's an, a word. It's a name, you know, and when I started to do more work about and getting really informed in, around trauma, the, the hallmark of trauma is choicelessness and like being growing up in foster care, like you didn't have a choice in that matter. You didn't even get a choice in what your name was. Like I didn't choose to be called Victoria. I didn't choose to be, you know, called Tori. It was given to me. And so all of us coming into life are like already traumatized. And so there's like these de detangling of our entire lives. We've been told who we are. You're Anthony. You're a foster kid. You're a football player. You're whatever. No good. You're amazing. You're an all-star. And we start to believe it. Because the more you think something, you know, belief is just a thought you've had over and over again and you say it's true, right? And so what caused you, I guess, what, were, what was the process of, of shifting out of these different identities? Because I'm sure it's, it's like layer upon layer. You work with one piece of it and then there's more to unpack there. What is that like? And is it ongoing? Do you feel like you've gotten to the point where like, I know who I am? And is that an attainable place to get to? I don't know. Yeah, I think it's a good, it's a good final portion of the question. I don't know if it's a fully attainable and I won't say it isn't. To be honest, I think we like to your point, we are consistently being programmed. I look at it as kind of like, like physical, you know, biological hardware computers. Like, you know, there's a physical computer, but there's also the software, the operating system, which is the identity. And yes, like, like, I think you look at Eric Erickson's work. I want to say like you rock and roll through stages of life where you're being programmed. And you don't realize it, but, you know, teachers, preachers, coaches, leaders, television, radio, movies, they're programming all of us consistently mm -hmm. without us actually knowing it. So it's a haphazard, unintentional development of who we are. So when I say I'm, I'm this or I'm that, it's just me looking at something and saying, uh, maybe that's who I am. And, and then I say it and see if it's true. And I try to find out what it is. And it's, a, it's back and forth. And I think there's, I, people have been asking me lately, you know, it's, it's uncovering more of your identity, you know, uncovering more of who you are. And, I, and the interesting thing is, Part of the biblical aspect of my, my humanity is like, there is an identity I believe set out for me, but at the same time, I have free will, right? And mm -hmm. I believe, I, I don't think you uncover, I think you create your identity. Mm -hmm. And so you ask, how yeah. do you do it? I think the first thing is, is, is giving yourself permission to improve on things. When, you have, when you've been building something, there's a whole statement, people protect what they create. Well, mm -hmm. we have been creating this identity for a long time. 
and good or bad, we protect it. I don't need help there. I'm good. I got this. And everybody else is like, no, you're a tornado. Like, mm-hmm. what are you doing? No, I'm, I don't need any, right? So the ego rears up and I will protect this identity with my actions. And so for a lot of people, the biggest problem is they want something and they fall short of it and they have no idea why. I don't, I don't know what's going on. I try so hard. I work so hard. Because who you are as a person and how you handle things in the, in the unconscious operational flow of you, it's not conducive to you getting what you want. So you're going to have to make some adjustments, have to make some shifts. So the first thing is, it's actually a method, the shift method you alluded to. The first stage is C. And when I say C, it's more of like, like the avatar C, like Navi people, like I see you, Jake mm-hmm. Sully. You know? it's, yes. that, it's the depth of C. And to be honest, when you, when you first see, it's not a pretty sight. That's the truth of it. When I, that was, when I was sitting in that mirror, like as an adult and I saw myself, that was the first time I saw myself and I was like, oh, bro, like there's not, Mm. this is not the guy, you know? Now throughout my life, I think in all of our lives, we take a look and be like, I'm not fat. I'm not fast enough. I got to work, you know, stronger. I'm too fat or, you know, you'll see these certain things and it'll, it'll, you know, give you a catalyst to adjust. But like you said, you think you are the body, you think you are the blank. And all those things are fruits of our labor. And I believe most people assume we're a fruit. And when the fruit falls off the tree, it all falls away and it rots like the apple. But the reality is you've never been the fruit. You've always been the tree. Mm-hmm. Right? You're the one that the created of, of all of you. created the body, the, the building that you own. You created the business that you've built. You created the, the relation. You created it all. Which means you can create better, more abundant, sweeter fruit at some point if you realize how to take mm-hmm. care of the tree. And so the first thing is I go back and see who I am. Once I get a clear picture of that, it now gives you the ability to do, I say, the right work. I think of people, of people in our world nowadays are doing whatever they see on the internet. I'm going to go and run 10 miles a day. I'm going to start drinking green juice. I'm going to take these pills because Susan and Nick and Brad, they all said I should do that. It's like, yeah, but maybe Susan, Nick and Brad are dealing with problems as a human that you don't even have as a problem. You Maybe you got different mm-hmm. things you got to work on, right? So no wonder why people invest time, energy, and money in something and end up broke, broke you know, broken inside and, and still feeling like nothing's moving because they didn't do the right work because they didn't see what work they should have been doing. So the first part of untangling it is to take a look at the tangled weave that you've woven, right? <laughs> like if you can finally see it and go, ah, oh, all right, I'm going to give myself permission to improve this. Now you for the first time have an opportunity to do the right work to get out of that place and get to a better area. But a lot of people don't do that or want to do that. Yeah, it's so critical because if we're not, well, it takes a ton of freaking courage to just be honest with ourselves and like be willing to see what we've not wanted to see and what we are responsible for. Because it's the first time that, oh, I created this, this mess, I ordered it. It's like I went to the restaurant of life and I ordered everything on my plate. Before we continue, I want to take a moment to remind you about my signature coaching program called Coachable U. Coachable University is an experiential learning laboratory for accelerated growth and immersive healing for ultimately lasting transformation. And it is backed by 40 years of science-based methodologies so that you can create consistent, predictable, and powerful results in your body, relationships, career, and your bank account for years to come. If you are tired of treading water, you're tired of feeling stuck, it is time to gain the strategies, tools, and experiences to move your life and business to the next level. And in our level one foundations seminar, 
we are going to help you do that. It's a two and a half day virtual experience that is unlike anything else because it's experiential, it's immersive, and we get down to doing the work, not just talking about it. So if you want to join us July 23rd through the 25th, we have a few spots available and we would love to serve you in this container. Again, this is the best way you can work with me right now. And I promise you the results that you will get from this are unlike anything you've ever done in another long drawn out course or program that spends weeks and weeks for you to get this transformation yet every single week or halfway through it you find yourself just defaulting right back to the same things habits and behaviors you were before that is what we are here to put a stop to and really give you the experiences that you need to shift so if you want to join us join us for foundations seminar july 23rd through the 25th you can register at the link in the show notes. You can also find this at Coach Tori Gordon on any social platform, always at the link in my bio. Until then, I hope to see you in the seminar in July. But without further ado, we'll get back to the episode. You know, no one else did. And and I don't like what I ordered. And now I'm responsible for doing something about that, right? And then if we don't look at it, how do I even know what steps to take to start to create something new and to your point about programming and being in some ways are like hardwired or being a software that can be upgraded. It's like the idea is to continually upgrade, to continually evolve. And so I guess us talking about, is it something you can ever, you ever attain in terms of knowing exactly who you are it's it's a process of evolution and continually 2.0, 3.0, 4.0. What's the statement that you, that know. you can never step in the same river twice because mm-hmm. the men and women are not the same, nor is the river. It's, it's, it's always moving. The world's mm-hmm. changing. So, so no, I don't think you ever attain it. I think you attain a better understanding of how to navigate it, but I don't yeah. know if you ever attain it. Well, and I think it also leads naturally if you go deep enough and you do it long enough in my experience, it led me to a spiritual path and journey because I had to get past all of the egoic human primal things. And then I'm like, okay, what's beyond that? There's a part of me that is boundless and infinite and not limited by the space and time of my body and my mind. And if you dig that deep, you might you might get there. So you you have to see, right? And then you can do the right work to start to untangle it. What's what's the next step for people? That's it. That's the work. Continue to untangle yes, and untangle. Untangle and untangle. Forever. Yeah, no. Forever. I meant like that's it. Like you're, you got like spot on was uh, the thing. Because now that you see it, there's a lot of people that, that end up seeing the work they're supposed to do. I think there are were flashes of moments where I realize who I am. It's the, you know, it's the junkie who's looking in the mirror when they're sober knowing this isn't what I'm supposed to do. Like, and that's a moment of I see myself and then it's like, do I see it? And I do something about it. And not everybody does. I mean, I think the person that that is fighting this battle, they're presently made aware of it. But then the choice is, well, what do I do? And, and what ends up happening is when you're hanging out with a person you don't like, you try to leave. You try to get away. And whenever people are alone, they're always with somebody else, if that makes sense. Yeah. And that person is you. And so I think when you're met with the reality, you've seen 
there's two ways to handle not liking the person you're hanging out with. One way is what most people do. We'll, we'll go back into the world. We'll distract ourselves. I'll go hang out. I'll drink. I'll party. I'll dive into work. I'll dive into relationship. And I'll do all the things to where I never have to actually work on this person. I can be away from this person. I don't want to be silent. This is the person who can never be alone. Right. And I used to be that guy. I never wanted to be alone because I was never alone. You know, I didn't like who I was hanging out with at that point. Mm-hmm. So what you end up doing is going in and you spend time with that person. That, that's the, kind of the next step is, is spend time with that person and really get to know them. There's that statement. Mm-hmm. I think Sun, Sun Tzu talks about. He says, when you finally learn to know your enemy, you've learned to love your enemy. Like when you finally understand the humanity, like you have a compassion that creates a love. And so although I'm not saying you are your own enemy, sometimes we can be right. But that's it. Mm-hmm. So I get in the stage of like, okay, I see it. And then there's a statement I love. I learned a couple of years ago. And the statement is action ends suffering. Mm-hmm. Whenever we have the moment of realizing what's going on, there is this, this suffering that settles in of like, ah, it, it's a pain. It's an actual like physical and emotional pain sometimes where I just don't like this. Right. And most people in that moment, the last thing that you want to do is anything in action to fix it. You know, I just want to, I want to just drown away. I want to eat my ice cream and I want to watch a TV show. I want to go, I just want to get away from this. Right. And the reality is the only way to end that situation is an action in the opposition that has no emotional drive from you. It's just a logical, I got to stop this emotion. And that's what you have to do. And that, that action again, is going to be unique to you. It may not be supported by the people in your circle. It may not make sense to you. It might feel out of identity, out of character. And it should actually, because it's different than who you are right now. Mm-hmm. And, and that action that you take is one that it's going to be, it's going to be difficult. However, once you take the action and you're met with a different outcome, it starts to plant a seed of possibility, a, a deeper mm-hmm. seed of hope. Now, this is going to, it's the hard part about this is it's so broad for everybody. Anybody listening right now, you really got to start connecting dots for yourself because this is all humanity. This could be the person yeah. that lives in a different country. This is just a humanity thing, right? Different country, different situation, different gender, everything. But humanly, it still exists in the same manner of you're going to have to take an opposite, opposite action in some way, but there will be an outcome that's different that, that gives you a little bit of a hope seed of like, man, if I keep doing this, even as hard as it is, a different outcome might come to pass at some point in time. But the journey to get in there is wrought with pain. And here's what it naturally just so we get a picture, it should feel like <laughs> when you first try this new thing or you go in this new area, you just whatever it may be, you're going to be met with the realization that it's a 10 out of 10 of pain. The second stage is, is shift, I call it. This is what we're talking about now. We're shifting, right? You have to actually try and shift into different actions, different beliefs, different, all those things that are shift. But you're met at first with the fact that you're not good at it. Like I was a kid. I sucked at this thing. So what I do is I, I feel it. I walk away and most people don't go back to it right now. They're like, I don't want to feel it again. I'm not trying to. Right. And they walk away. It's kind of like when I first started speaking, I would go on stages and I would bomb. What's the last thing I want to do? Get back on a stage. Right. Mm-hmm. But at another point, I was like, OK, I just learned from this. You know, someone told me something. OK, now I know it. I got to go do it again. People are like, go do it again. What do you mean? Go do it again. You just you bomb. Why would you want to feel that again? Mm-hmm. I just I know something different. So I go do it again. Now, the next time I do it, it's probably a 9.75 out of 10. You know, like it's, it's just a little bit less. Yeah. But it's like, oh, but it's less pain. And then I, again, I go out and try something. I learn something again. And now most people, they'll walk away at that point. I got to figure it out. I go back again. People go, you're crazy. You, 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 you suck up there. Why are you doing it again? But you keep going. And then it's a nine. And then it's an eight. Mm-hmm. And a seven. And a six. And a five. Eventually, it drops down to a zero. But here's where I want people to grasp this reality. 
It is not painless. There's this thought that if I do it at this level, get it to a zero, and I finally get it, it's painless. It's not. It's in fact joy. There's a joy that settles in that is unbelievable. Like the thought of me getting a stage, it, it, I'm getting like goosebumps thinking about getting back on a stage right now because I love doing it now. I hated it at mm -hmm. first. I love doing it, right? My marriage, that was a painful experience and journey to get it back towards that, but I, it brings me so much joy. The, the, the place that we can all live on a daily basis of joy, it's about who is willing to go through that, that de-escalation of pain by trying everything after you've tried, failed, learned a lesson, and reapplied the lesson to minimize the pain. That journey of humanity is one that I think the most successful people I've ever met in my life have been married to. And when you actually do that, you come on the back end, and here's the crazy thing, you live in a different existence. Like it's a different reality. It's like the Truman Show, yeah. you know, like, you know, you, you just, you're, you're living, but you're like, oh wait, there's a whole different reality out there? Like there's a different way to live. Yeah. That, that's the space that, when you get to that point, I'm, I'm sure you can attest to it's it's a different way. It's hard to put into words to people who are still in that old reality. It's a different yep. identity. It's a different sense of who you are. It is. It is because I think people expect to get to take the first action. Like for me, when I was like at my rock bottom, I was like, I don't know who I am. The next right, like just do the next right thing. Like just make my bed. Like just brush my teeth. Just just phone a friend and have. A conversation like that those were the steps at the beginning and then it was like I signed up for a salsa class by myself you know just to get myself out there to I was trying to figure out what do I like am I good at you know and I was terrible but it and to your point like a lot of people will stop there because what you're talking about is the resistance that comes we hit face resistance at first we're like excited we're motivated i can't deal with this i can't live this way again i'm going to do something we go do it oh that was hard oh that was painful oh that didn't make me feel better actually now i'm uncomfortable and i'm not good at this at least this old thing is familiar <laughs> so we just go back to what we've always done because it feels like home and this new thing that we're trying to step into, we expect ourselves to be an expert at. We expect ourselves to, but the thing is, we all are beginners in the beginning. And if we can embrace that and accept that it's a process, the way I kind of talk about it with my, my clients is most of us expect if where we are today, we have to get like really clear about where am I at, what's not working, where's my starting point. And if I'm going to go to the best vacation I've ever been on, you put a destination and address in the GPS and the GPS tells you every single turn and street to take. And that's how people ad address and like approach life. They expect to know every turn, every side street, every road, if it's going to be rainy, if it's going to be rocky, if it's going to be all of those things. And that's not how life is. Life is asking you to just get on the road, like just start driving. And most of us are just following who's ever in, in front of us. And sometimes we end up lost. We're like, so in left field, I didn't plan to come here, but I'm just following the next guy who's drinking, you know, the protein shake on Instagram. And I'm, that's why I'm just following him. But I, I hope I get where I want to go, <laughs> you know? And so it is embracing that uncertainty that I will, I'll gain the knowledge, I'll gain the skills, I'll gain the confidence in the process of just showing up 
And then there is this switch that happens where now it's fun. Now it's enjoyable. I went through this in sales when I was in corporate. It was so hard. And the first time I got the first sale, I got the momentum. And I was like, oh, that felt good. Now I'm just going to keep, keep going. And it's the people that are willing to go through that, that find the other side and the success and eventually becomes like a like a, a second nature which is an identity thing once you do the actions it becomes more normal for you to do the actions and then it doesn't mm -hmm. bother you as much i look at it kind of like yeah that people want to know that around the corner around the bend i am very aware that life in the future is going to be rocky every single day i'm aware that something can go wrong i don't live in an energetic space to draw it in i just realize mm -hmm. that that's an inevitability but yeah. I've lived a life. I've driven so many roads. I give myself grace and credit for having survived 100% of my hard days, right? And learned something. And I yeah. tell people like, you got to get to the point where you have the sense of like, you know what, there will be problems, but I bring me to those problems. Mm -hmm. When you can get to that level of understanding what that really means, what I just said, because I know people are like, oh, it kind of makes sense. No, there's a different sense of like, I got this dude that I, I fully believe and trust will navigate things when it gets to him fully believe but the only reason i do is because he's done it in the past i've subjected him and put him out there to do those things so when he's going down the road he's like i'm like this but i'm like i don't know what potholes are going to make me stop you know like i'll swerve i'll go over it if i pop a tire i'm gonna switch the tire out you know so i'm like yeah hit the gas i don't want to drive slow i don't want to sit at the intersection i want to go yeah. experience it and i do so because i know i'm not going to get stuck on the road that's what we call resilience <laughs> you know and I, I really feel like that is. And, you know, one thing I do want to ask you when when it comes to this conversation around identity and shifting our paradigm and perspective around who we are and consistently pressing our edges and upgrading that programming, how have you navigated this in the context of relationships? And because there are times when we enter into relationships as one person in one identity and then life inevitably happens and maybe we we shift and we change and if you're with somebody long enough you might go through several many many <laughs> shifts and changes how how have you been able to navigate that in a relationship that is supportive of each other to now get where you are in your marriage that's like a uh, that's like a snake eating itself it's like a Chicken and an egg thing there, in my perspective, my opinion. And the reason is because there, there's one thing I set out to start with my relationship. And it's this this thing where I I want, for most people, I want to be in this relationship and I want to know everything to, with perfect expectations and have a sense of self and lock. And I'm, I can trust you and you'll do this and you'll be here. And I think that the relationships need to have a fluidity to where I feel like I can fully figure out, figure out who I am. It's a constant thing but also allow like you to figure out who you are and at the same time accept each other. And, mm -hmm. and that journey is a very interesting and delicate one because there's a statement that someone told me years ago, which is you can never want for someone more than they want for themselves. Mm -hmm. And so in my relationship, I, I can't want my wife to do something specific or be someone specific or create something specific because of whatever reason. And in doing so, I think some people are like, well, you should be this. And that the root of the reason they're doing it is most people do things so that they can have, that they can get that. So I need you to be more like this because it'll benefit me here. I want you to do more of that because I'll look good to my friends. And it's, it's a very interesting. It'll reinforce my identity. You know, it's a very interesting dynamic. And so yeah. like when I, like I'll say when I was younger in our relationship, I think there was times when like my, my fiance is not my wife. Like there's times like she was, it was good to be able to say, you know, my husband or something plays the NFL. 
part of that is positive, right? Or my wife owns yeah. a business. And then like, you know, later on in life, there's different parts where like, you know, I'll, I'll want to have her, you know, aspire to be, be a better mom and, you know, take care of the house, whatever, these weird things. But like, then what happens is this dynamic of the identity ties into a level where, where I don't get what I want from this person because they're not getting what they want from me because I don't know who they are. And it's just a weird dynamic. And so when I look at identity relationships, there's also a piece where I have to give to get. And that's got to be in a, a, such a constant, energetic, positive, natural flow to where like my wife will go to the store and she'll bring back like certain pistachios that I love. And then if like she's sitting on the couch, you know, she likes massage. I'll just give her a massage. Not because she asked. It had nothing to do with what she asked for. I just give to get. And, and the reason I would tie it to an identity thing is I am at the same time doing things to get what I want. Right. It's, it's how it works. So. If I want to identify as a good husband, I just want to identify as a good wife or a good boyfriend or a good girlfriend, whatever it is. If we choose to identify as what that good is, it's always in relation to this person in the relationship, this puzzle I chose to solve of my wife. Me good in a relationship with my wife would probably be horrible for you. Like, you know, like we wouldn't be in a good relationship because that's not, I wouldn't do the same things you'd probably want. I'd probably be like, Tori, you're crazy, bro. I'm not doing, you know what I'm saying? Just because people are different out of just simplistic mm -hmm. people are different. And so the good's got to be relative to that relationship. That's got to be my identity. And then in doing so, I attach my identity to my actions. So my actions are just to show up good in this relationship. And mm -hmm. if I give of things, I give of energy in the way the person wants for this relationship. Not for my homeboy said, well, you massage your wife's feet. Oh, you sissy. No, bro. That's mm -hmm. good for my relationship, right? You know, there's yeah. these back and forths. And so in doing so, if I realize that, then what happens is now I'm giving and in giving, I get, and then because I'm getting this back and forth, there's not this desire to want this person to do more, be more. It's like, I just want to give more because I'm getting more and I feel happy. And then here's the beautiful thing. When two people are happy in a relationship, they come back to their relationship happy. Hmm. I find that when one person's happy because the other person's giving too much and not getting reciprocated or whatever it might be, then you have one person happy, other person coming in unhappy, and one's pulling a lot of the energy from one or one's not getting enough and it's just all over the place. So like I am able to be me, do this. My wife does her, her own thing. We also know what the relationship needs. I know who I am in my relationship. And so it's got a harmony. It's got this mm -hmm. piece that is, I don't even know how to put it into actual words. Like we'll call it love, right? But it's a piece mm -hmm. to where I don't stress. I don't worry. That part of my life is handled and the energy I give, the effort is effortless effort. I enjoy giving the effort to it, right? And then it comes back to me and it's a beautiful synergetic flow, but it's because I know who I am. I know who I am in this relationship and I, I get to learn who she is because I'm not wanting more for her. I'm seeing who she yeah. is. And I know this is a question I ask because, you know, I think I'll forever be about this myself and watching that play out in the dynamics of my own relationships. But one thing I, I, I am confident to be able to say is I, I can't show up well in relationships and accept who someone else is if I can't accept who I am. And if I don't know who I am, I don't know who I am in this relationship. And I'm going to look to you to tell me who I am, right? And now my identity is wrapped up in this relationship, not in the truth of myself as a sovereign human being, separate and apart, that I'm whole without it. And I bring my my wholeness to this, this partnership. And I for many years, I showed up in relationship um, not as a whole person and trying to feed off other people to make me whole, 
right? And to take from them to to reinforce, oh, I'm loved. Oh, and that's, you know, to identify as love, to identify as chosen, to identify as those things. And until I identified that within myself and I accepted that within myself, I wasn't able to show up fully and not be like a, a sucker of somebody else and have those codependent, you know, relationships, but also accepting them as they are. I think that's the biggest, for me, it's the biggest challenge and something I'm always like lesson that I'm learning is to accept more within myself because anything I reject about you, I likely reject about myself. And also being able to recognize when the part, when your partner, and this is for anybody listening, is holding you to an identity that you have outgrown right? Because there are times that we do outgrow it. And there are times that our, our partner, because they're some of the closest people to us, are like, no, but this, you're not who you were when we started this relationship. You're not, you aren't who you are anymore. Yeah, you've changed. And for me, like my biggest value is growth. And so I, I don't want to be who I was when we entered this relationship. I want to be better, you know? Yeah. So for anybody listening, like, I encourage you guys to to consider the relationships that you're in and how much of your own identity is tied to that. Do you know who you are outside of the relationships that you're in? Because I did it and that was one of those pivotal moments for me when relationship ended that actually had me explore myself on my own, which was really, really important when it comes to- You can't be afraid either, but you'll do that. There are times- there are times when like I and I don't, I'm not worried about it now, but there are times like I didn't want to, you know, like really push out into this industry because my at the time my wife didn't really get it. And so like that's not mm-hmm. what are you doing? You're your your fitness gym owner. What do you you don't do that? What are you talking about? Talk to people, you're gonna hop on a stage and and then you're like, oh, right, because now this is actually an interesting. My son, 16 years old, is having this dynamic and nice new kind of like conversation with a new girl, possibly. And it got to the point where like they, they were supposed to go meet four times and of all four times, like she never showed up or like was always delayed and like it got pushed back and it got rescheduled. And one time he left the house and he sat at a gas station for an hour. I watched the phone. I was like, oh my gosh, bro, you got to leave. You got to leave. And I called him like, bro, what's going on? Oh, she has. I said, no, come home. We have to have a talk. We come back. And I had to have a talk. Here's why I talked to him. I realized that if he didn't have this talk, he might believe that he has the value that this girl is placing on him by her actions. So I had to explain to him, look, at the end of the day, you are, you're a strong, it's a good looking, hard work and honest kid. Doesn't mean she's a bad person, but I need you to not get wrapped up in whatever. Cause right now you probably feel like you're less than it's like, yeah. And I was like, yeah, I don't want you to feel that. Not to, not to protect you, but I need you to grasp that just because you're this, this relationship is what is the way it's being navigated. You are not this relationship. You are a different human. And if someone doesn't respect your time, then you need to not be with them to begin with. But I also more so need you to perspectively see that you can identify with your value based on how this person is treating you. And so I think this is what I deserve. Yeah, that's a big, big piece. And people, man, who you choose as your partner in life is a barometer for how you hold your self-worth. You choose a crappy person. We we get to see who you believe yourself to be a value of. But yeah, I fully agree. You got to know who you are and you have to have a relationship where people allow you to figure out who you are yeah that and that's the acceptance piece that i am confident and secure enough in my own self to know that i'm i'm always in flux and i am you know i'm not just one thing i'm not just one thing i'm many things and so is my partner 
And so when you're willing to be curious about yourself, you can also be curious about them. And, oh, this is just a different aspect of you or you're... And I can accept that. And I can, and that's part of who you are as a whole. And most of us, when we enter into relationship, we don't realize that we're, we're entering into relationship with all parts, not just the parts that we've seen or the parts that we like about our partner, you know, and that's the, that's the type of love I want to aim to grow into and to embody and to, to give out. And it's definitely something that I see in you and I think you're you're amazing. I think the work that you do is incredible and you touch so 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 many lives. What is next for you and in your business and your career? I know there's a book that is on the horizon. I would love for you to tell people about how they can get it and what next steps are for people if they want to stay connected to you and your work. Yeah, yeah. Well, next step is the family and I are going to Great America later today cuz well, yeah. I'm a family first guy, man. At the end of the day, I I have a, a great deal of joy around the thought of like spending time with my family and then being with them. Mm. Honestly, I'm, I'm present when I'm with my family. I wasn't always family fell apart because of part of that. <laughs> but yeah, that's the first thing. Business wise, I, I have a blast getting on stages and talking. That's part of what I do, right? It's a huge part of what I do. It's it's all, th- this is a, a subdued level of Anthony. It's a very thought conscious, heavy, subdued level. When I'm on a stage, I'm a different yeah. animal. It's a different <laughs> level. It's a different version of my identity that gets to express itself there. That's I love to do. We, we work with great companies doing that. And then also I have coaching programs where I guide people through the shift method hand in hand. It's the, the vision for our company is to help people, ambitious individuals get to this point of, of really accessing and, and unlocking their full potential to, I say, make shift happen and get mm-hmm. to a ridiculous level of internal power. Like a, a, I say ridiculous on person, like purpose. Like a, I want that limitless sense of like, I just, just nobody can stop me. Like I can get you there mm-hmm. and we do that. And then I found that in doing all these things, you know, even my, my story in my life is like, how can I get this to more people? Because identity is one thing that is there, but a lot of people don't understand it. It's not heavily talked about. And I believe it's my, at this point, calling that I love to go share the concept at a simple level. So mindset's heavy. People get that. But mindset's tucked inside your identity. And if you get the identity, you get that stuff. So I wrote a book called Identity Shifts. It was designed and, and written in a way that allows like my 16-year-old son to understand it and apply it. And it's actually, it's half story concept. And the other half is like, here's how you do it. Like, here's actually, here's the rubric. Here's follow this process. My frameworks are in there. And so it comes out August 24th. You can pre-order it now. You go to identityshiftbook.com. I'm I'm very happy about this thing coming out of the world. Spent some time on it to make sure it was dialed and clean. It's it's very hard to make something simple. I don't know if you know that, but like mm. to understand a concept, I, I've read so many books and then science, and I'm like, how do I make all this stuff not wordy? So people go, mm-hmm. oh, I get it. But yeah, if you get Digestible. the book, it's very simple. If you use the code TCP, the Coachable Podcast, TCP, you go through the process, you go to Amazon to buy a book and come back and put the code in. The first 10 people who put that code in, will actually sign and autograph a book, send it out to you guys. But everybody will also get the audio book for free, the digital book for free, and a workbook that I created with the team for free that pretty much took the most engaged segments of our coaching programs and put them to where you can actually go through it yourself on your own and get a great outcome of making a shift in a direction like we've talked about today. So yeah, that's it. And outside of that, I'm going to live my life, see where it ends up. So excited for you. So excited for this book launch. You guys, it's a no brainer. Go get the book. And of course you want the autograph signed copies and the workbook, that, that stuff is invaluable. So thank you for the work that you put out in the world. Thank you for making this 
you know, sometimes hard to understand topic, easy and digestible for people because we're all at different parts of our journey and we need people on the road to point us in the direction that we really want to go. So thank you. Thank you for your time and have fun riding some roller coasters today. Yeah, we're going to have some fun. I'm looking forward to it. Awesome. Okay, we'll have you back on the show soon. And until next time, guys, thank you for tuning in to the Coachable Podcast. If this resonated with you, please, you know what to do. Take a screenshot, tag me, tag Anthony Trucks on Instagram. We want to know who listened. What did you take away? How are you making shift happen in your life? And if you get the book, make sure to show us. We want to know who's out there reading it and spread the word, spread the love. That's what we do here in the Coachable community. So thank you for being who you are. And we'll see you next week.